0: What's up everyone? This is episode number 100 of the Wax Museum Podcast, where I talk about all things basketball cards from past to present to future. This is your host, Kyle. And as always, you guys can find me throughout the week on social media. My Instagram is at Wax Museum Podcast. My Twitter is at Wax Museum PC. Well, as you heard, this is episode number 100, and I've already had a couple people reach out to me to congratulate me on a hundred. So thank you. Um, coincidentally, I'm also going to hit the 100,000 download mark this week as well at the same time. So, um, you know, I, to be honest, I don't really worry too much about numbers. I do have to keep an eye on them just, um, for any potential sponsorship opportunities. Um, but it feels good to hit a hundred thousand, but otherwise whatever happens, happens. But, um, I appreciate everyone that's reached out. I also want to take a moment to say thanks to everyone that's helped me with this thing so far, be it, um, answering questions about a topic or helping me with audio coming on the show, commenting on social media, or simply listening. I couldn't do it without all of you. Um, you know, this, I really wasn't sure if this was something I was going to do for a long time, but throughout the process, I've met so many people. I've learned a lot, you know, I I do a lot of research for this show and, and i kind of enjoy that aspect. Um, I've had a, a chance to talk to people I've admired for years like Slick Leonard. It has been an incredible ride. I have no clue how long I'll do this thing. you know maybe I've got another 100 in me who knows but before I get too far in today I wanted to take some time to thank you guys for putting up with me every week. All right as for today's episode I'm going to take a quick look at the release calendar. After that, I'm going to give a few thoughts about today's card climate in general, I've got a few pieces of mail I'm going to share, and then today's main segment will deal with a new grading company, yes, another one, called Hybrid Grading Approach, or HGA for short. Okay, so I know a lot of you are eager to get some new MBA products in your hands, And a few weeks ago, we had the release of 2019-2020 Panini Eminence. And to the best of my knowledge, uh, at least I think, that's the last official release of 2019-2020. So far, I've only seen those cards online. I'm not overly impressed considering the price point, but um, if any of you took out a second mortgage in your efforts to open that product, let me know what you think of it. Um, According to Cardboard Connection, it looks like we're going to get three new NBA products in the month of February. On February 3rd, we're supposed to get Hoops. Two weeks after that, we get Certified. And then finally, on the 24th, we get Donruss. Now, I say we, but that might just mean the big three online retailers get it. I know there are some people out there that think the three of them might be colluding together to drive up the price of wax. I don't have any proof of that. And I'm not going to go as far as to say they are. But as I touched on last week, asking prices should line up with demand. And while basketball cards are very popular right now, I find it hard to believe a hobby box of Donruss should cost $1,200 right out the gate. All of that is to say, those are the three products you might see people camping out at Target for in the coming month. I hope the stars align. I hope you can get some for yourself. If not, hang in there. This can't last forever, and that actually segues into my next talking point. Uh, a couple months ago, I recorded an episode where I outlined some of the conditions and factors that played a large role in forming the hobby climate we currently find ourselves in. And if you'll remember, it was the combination of Zion hype and an insane second season start for Luca that really helped ignite things in the basketball card world in late 2019. Now. I conceded that there's no way for sure to know um, what would happen in the coming year. And if anyone told you they knew for sure, they were lying. But if things follow the pattern of late 2019, it would be worth seeing how the top second year players started off, which in this case um, would be Zion and Ja Morant. And I think Ja's looked pretty good in limited time, but he's been hurt. So I want to focus more on Zion and through monday night and actually their game was canceled or postponed i should say monday night um, zion is averaging 23 and 8 i think he's played 14 games now and in that time frame there was also a six game stretch where he scored 29 26 21 31 32 and 27 he's 11th in the league in field goal percentage at 58% you know it's not the 30 point triple double that Luca averaged in november of 2019 and In fact, only two other players have done that in a calendar month in NBA history. So it's not that, but you know what? I'd say it's still pretty good for a 20-year-old. Yet at the same time, if you look at Zion prices across the board, and you know, mainly looking at his more liquid cards, they're falling at a steady rate over the same period. Now, remember our theme song for 2020. Okay, I'll give you a moment to think of it. It was weird. Owls. Everything you know is wrong. Well, I think that might just extend into 2021 as well. As some of you might know, Ivan um, on Twitter or watch the breaks, which is his handle. Um, I think he does an amazing job of facilitating hobby conversations on social media. I really admire what he does. So um, this weekend he tweeted some about Zion prices. I think he was actually retweeting someone else, but he was talking about it. And I replied and summed up the current situation as follows. I said, same thing as last year. People love potential in some cases until it begins to be realized. I guess they are scared of his long term future in a market that's incredibly short term. Wild. So, my follow up question then is what is it going to take for Zion prices to start trending upward again? And, uh, you know, I think the Pelicans definitely need to win some games. But what else would Zion have to do to raise his prices? And if you were to make a list of some of the top NBA talent and their current card prices, you'd probably notice something. Guys like Luka and Zion that are already towards the top of the uh, hype scale, for lack of a better term, or maybe pricing ladder, they have to keep besting their previous numbers and put up godlike performances to see any sort of increase in value. On the other hand... There are some players that aren't quite at the top of that pricing ladder that still have some room to grow with a short stretch of strong performances or a change in situation, be it coaching or a trade. And look, I'm not here to make player recommendations. You can get your top five list elsewhere. But I know a lot of you fund your collections using this type of information right now, and I think it's something to consider. And I don't care as much about pricing for pricing's sake as I do. Uh, as much as I do, because I think it impacts the hobby as a whole. And I've discussed that already. Uh, Once we realize that not everyone is the second coming of LeBron, and not every base card needs to be encased or slabbed, I should say, um, it might take away some of the demand. It might bring wax prices down some, and then retail might level off a little. Now, don't get me wrong, systemic change takes time, but I'll continue watching this thing closely. For any sort of shift in the right direction. All right, let's move on to this week's mail segment. And from the start, I'll say it's going to be hard to top last week's mail segment from the standpoint of um, just quality cards. I think I shared eight packages last week, and that's not something I would normally do. Uh, but this week was sure an adventure nonetheless. I'm going to call this segment A Tale of Two Lots. And both of these lots were from eBay. Um, Just a quick reminder, if you're buying from there, please use my affiliate link. If you like the show, help the show in the process. Okay, it doesn't cost you anything. Okay, so buying two lots on eBay. Uh, The first lot was titled something like, Lot of Basketball Cards, 80 Cards. And um, as a general rule of thumb, I don't do any sort of mystery lots unless I know without a doubt that I can at least break even um, easily on them, right? I don't want to have to put a lot of work in to break even. So, uh, there was only one out of the 80 cards pictured in this listing. It was a LeBron insert from 2012 select that sells for roughly $80 now and not even a silver, just an insert. I'm shocked that it sells for that much, but you know what? Someone wants to, to, to buy it. So whatever I've got it, I'll sell it. Right. So anyway, it was top loaded in this picture. Um, And it had at least four rubber bands around it. So I didn't know what the other cards looked like. I knew the other cards were not top loaded because they just showed kind of a side profile of it. So, uh, you know, those are going to be damaged, whatever. But uh, the LeBron was in a top loader. I felt decent about it. You know, maybe it was scratched or whatever. The lot only cost me 20 bucks. So even if it was scratched, I could probably get that back for it. So no big deal. So I did it. Um, You know, I pulled the trigger on that one. So the package shows up. And it's two different stacks of 40 cards rubber banded together, which, you know, that's typically how all of these, if, if it's a vaguely, I was explaining to my wife, it's, a, if it's a vaguely titled lot, um, it's going to show up in weird stuff like paper plates or loose envelopes or boxes with all sorts of weird, you know, packaging. Um, they're typically going to spell my name wrong. If they're not printing labels out, uh, a lot of it smells like cigarette smoke, right? That's kind of how all of these things show up to my house. But, um, so anyway, these were two stacks of 40 cards that were rubber banded together. Um, so I knew the corners were all damaged on them, which, you know, whatever I was buying it for the LeBron in the top loader. It was still in that top loader. It wasn't scratched. So th- that's already a score there, right? It's already four X what I paid. So anything beyond that was a bonus. Um, and I will say the other 79 cards were much, much better than I expected. Um, the expectations were low, mind you, but much better than I expected. And I posted the video on social media last week. I won't go through all of them here, but one of the cards was a 2016 optic purple hollow of Brandon Ingram, which I was, I was shocked to see that. Um, now it has damage to three corners, but, um, the, the surface is actually pretty good on it, but you know, it's still desirable enough that I'll be able to turn that into a nice PC card, you know, combine that with the LeBron I got $20 into this. I'll, I'll get definitely get a really nice PC card. So uh, at the end of the day, not all lots are winners, but that one was a major success. That brings me to lot number two, which I don't know if that one was or not. I don't know if it will be. Um, I don't know what's going to happen with this one. So let me explain what all I know so far. A couple weeks ago, I saw a listing. That was titled 1969 and 1970 basketball cards. Well, one look at the picture and I knew that they were 74 tops instead. And when I think of 74 tops, there's really only one card that I'm focused on. Um, Well, maybe two if you count the Wilt Chamberlain Conquistadors card, right? But I already have one of those. So I am looking for a George Gervin rookie. Um, Sadly, I never grabbed one when they were a lot more affordable, And all of a sudden, you know, your influencer started realizing that George Gervin was really good. So, um, like I said, this picture was all 74 tops. They were kind of stacked and fanned out where you couldn't see, you know, but maybe four or five of them, they were all pretty beat up, but, um, the lot was cheap enough. If there was a beat up Gervin in it, I would still buy it. And I, you know, I actually do have a, a little beat up rookie card collection. If I can never upgrade, I'll just keep them beat up. I'm okay with that. Um, so I didn't see a Gervin in there, but you know what? Something told me you should check it out anyway. So I messaged the seller. That's how I get a lot of, of good deals and information. I just ask questions. Um, and um, here's another tip for those of you that want to buy lots. If you're looking for a specific card, like in this case, George Gervin, don't ask the seller, hey, do you have George Gervin? You you might ruin your lot. They might then look up that card and decide like, oh, I don't want to sell you this lot. Um, So instead I ask, are there any Spurs in here? You know, for all they know, I could be looking for Swin Nader. Now, if they ask me if I'm looking for Girvin, I'd say, yeah. But um, otherwise, I'm just going to say I'm looking for Spurs. So the seller got back to me and they said, only one Spur. Card number 196, George Girvin. (laughs) My initial thought was, okay, this is awesome. So eventually this package shows up. And um, it seems kind of big for what I ordered. Actually, I say that I didn't know what this package was when I got it because I order a number of things through the week. Uh, So I'm looking at this box. I'm kind of feeling the weight of it. And I'm thinking, I really, you know, this looks like an eBay label. I don't know what this is, though. I don't know what I ordered. I probably did order something, just forgot about it. So I opened it up. Um, This was in a small box. And it's wrapped in loose 90s baseball junk wax wrappers. Um, so I brush those out of the way and lo and behold, I am the new owner of a Wonder Woman wallet or purse. Um, now I'm a new owner, but the purse itself is not new. It's used. I can tell. Um, now, like I said, I, I didn't know what this, at this point, I didn't know what this package was supposed to be. I hadn't matched up the tracking numbers yet. It was addressed to me. Well, um, I certainly didn't order it. So I looked at my wife and she is not the kind of person that would be caught dead with something like this, this thing, you know, no offense to anyone that would carry this, but it's tacky. Um, so I said, do you know anything about this? She said, no, absolutely not. Um, so that led me to believe it was an eBay purchase gone wrong. And it was, it was supposed to be, you know, I traced the tracking number back. It was supposed to be my 74 Gervin lot. So accidents happen. I figured this wasn't an intentional switcheroo, but nonetheless, I pulled out my lasso of truth and I messaged the seller with a picture to see what's up. And they said, I must have switched the label. I apologize. To keep my expenses down, please keep the wallet. I will find out who I sent the cards to and get back to you ASAP. Um, And that was days ago. And that's all I know as of right now. So I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm not mad. In fact, it was kind of funny. It's like, you know what, that's actually good content anyway. So in a way I'm I'm happy about it. Uh, I got a laugh out of it. My wife did. Maybe you guys did too here just now, but, um, I don't, I'm going to give them time to sort it out. I don't have my money. I don't have my cards, but I do have this gaudy wonder woman purse. Um, I posted a picture of this thing on social media, and um, Clips and Vols, who was on the show several weeks ago, commented that his daughter loves Wonder Woman and would love to have it. So, before everything is done, it will probably be sent her way. And for all I know, this thing could end up stuffed to the brim with Clippers cards. And there's a little bit of irony there because this style of purse is called a clutch purse. And as we all know, my favorite Clipper, Paul George, is anything but clutch. Hopefully this gets resolved. Uh, I get my Gervin rookie, seller gets to keep their money and Harper gets a nice little Wonder Woman purse in the process. All right, before I move on to today's main segment, I want to take a moment to tell you a little about Fanatics. As you guys know, there are costs that go into running a podcast. So I joined their affiliate program. Whether you're looking for signed memorabilia or one of the popular Phoenix football sets, or any form of sports gear, there's a good chance that Fanatics has it. If you'd like to help support the show in this way, go to www.tinyurl.com WMPod and click the Fanatics logo at the top. Shop as planned and the Wax Museum podcast gets a small commission in the process. It is a win-win. Once again, that's www.tinyurl.com WMPod. This is Slick Leonard. You're listening to the Wax Museum Podcast. Boom, baby! AAA, AAI, AGS, BCG, C-E-X, CGA, F-G-S, G-A-I, G-M-A, KSA, NSA, PSG, S-P-A, T-F-A, U-G-S, V-S-G, and WCG. What on earth did I just read off to you? Now, if you guessed the closed captioning for an old episode of the Osborns, that's not a bad guess, uh, but not correct. If instead you went with a partial list of grading companies from the last 25 years, you have hit the nail on the head. Congratulations. Now, I skipped quite a few along the way, but the list that I found actually had Um, around 90 companies, and I've heard there are closer to a couple of hundred. So um, one of those companies was HGA, which in the past stood for historic grading and authentication. Um, Today, I'm going to talk about the new HGA. So I don't want you to get the two of them confused. In fact, on my Twitter, I posted an eBay link to the old HGA so you could see the old one. Well, this is the new one that I'm going to talk about. Um, it's like when they're naming tropical storms and they've already worked through the list of predetermined names. Well, they had to move into the Greek alphabet this year. That's something maybe all you non Floridians don't have to worry about that, but, um, we're going to get to that point with grading companies too. We're already repeating initials, but I digress. Um, so we have a new company that's entered the fray and they're called HGA. Well, what does that mean? Who are they? As usual, I try to read straight from the source. So I started off at their website, which is www.hybridgrading.com. And immediately I was met with the headline where 10 days means 10 days. Well, that's a good start. At least it sounds good. So I clicked on the tab about us and I'm going to read parts of that to you today. So they said, um, why hybrid grading approach? The better question here would be, why not? We can't think of a reason you wouldn't make the switch to HGA. Highlights are as follows. Customer service is the best, bar none. Consistent, unbiased, and non-subjective grading. HGA is revolutionizing the industry by implementing software that will allow us to scan, analyze, and grade cards without subjectivity. Um, Just to interject here, I would have just said objectively. But anyway, um, continuing on each card is scanned at ultra high resolution. The scanner sees better than a magnifying glass and can pick up blemishes the size of a speck of dust. Okay. Um, so that, you know, after reading that my, my first impressions, I, am not sure about if you know, when the card is scanned, is there a human that still has to interpret and analyze that information? Um, and if so, are all humans going to interpret it the same? Um, You know, I don't know. So I did later on, I'll interject it in here. But later on, I saw the owner somewhat address this on social media. And he said, our state-of-the-art artificial intelligence system uses advanced machine learning and computer vision algorithms to dissect, analyze, and evaluate your cards with superhuman precision and accuracy to ensure your cards will always receive a fair and objective grade. Um, And then finally, the website goes on to list that um, you should also choose them because they're easy to submit and they have simple pricing where you pay by the day, not by the value of the card. And when I looked at the pricing structure on Tuesday morning, there were three different tiers. You had the best value, which was $35 per card. That's their best value. And it's 30 days of turnaround time. You had the most popular, which they've determined already somehow, um, which is $55 per card. And the turnaround time is 10 days. And then you have the coming soon, whatever they're going to call that is a hundred dollars per card. And there's a two day turnaround. So, um, I also saw the owner claim on social media that they're adding a $20 60 day tier on Monday, but as of Tuesday, it wasn't there. That doesn't mean it's not coming soon though. I'm not going to, you know, grill them over a day, but, um, just know that that might be around the corner. So Before I talk about how all of this was received this week, I want to read a few other statements I found either on the website or from the owner on social media, things that I think you would want to know about them. And the first one deals with the labels, which are definitely a big deal to people. People were very divided, if you will remember when SGC changed their label, which in hobby years now seems like forever ago, but it really wasn't that long ago. Uh, People were really divided about that SGC label, which I actually like the new one. Um, But um, back in November, the CSG labels were previewed and um, they were kind of like the skyscrapers of grading labels. They didn't seem to go over very well. I liked the information on them. I didn't like the fact that they were so tall. All of that is to say, you know, appearance and labels are a big deal. And here's how HGA describes theirs. They said, our labels are color coordinated to the team's colors. If you have a collection of a team, it only makes sense that the label does not take away from the team colors, but complement them in every possible way. Um, Now, it doesn't mention it here, but I've seen that they'll also match the label to the parallel. Like if you have a red parallel, they can give you a red label if you prefer that. So there is some customization that I don't think we've seen before, at least not recently, not from the big ones. Um, not from any of the major players I should say. So, um, I mentioned the, where 10 days means 10 days headline earlier, but I haven't touched on that yet. So on social media, the owner of HGA, I believe his name's Tyler elaborated a little bit. He said, we limit the number of submissions per week and we'll only increase those limits as we can guarantee the turnaround times to not be affected. So no more worrying when you do a 10 day submission, which month or year you will receive your cards back? Okay, so for those of you keeping score at home, the gist of all this so far is um, technology for objective grading, customizable labels, guaranteed return rates, minimum $35 per cart. So uh, this information and more is all out there. Okay, I encourage you go, you know, he's posting on uh, Facebook, he's posting on their own website, which I mentioned earlier. So please go check those things out, hear them firsthand from the source. Um, now I'm going to talk a little bit about how it was all received because that information it's in a number of different places. I read through 400 plus Facebook posts, um, so you don't have to, and a 10 plus page thread on out, once again. So you don't have to, which feel free if you want to, to try and get a pulse on this thing. So, uh, let's start off with the pros. Uh, I would say the most encouraging thing that came from all of this is that people are very receptive to competition, provided it's done the right way. And As I'll touch in a few moments, not everyone likes their business model, but a new threat in the grading game could benefit practically everyone in the hobby. In an ideal world, that would encourage more technology and speed up return times across the board. You might remember from my conversations with Adam and my recent conversation with Vamsi, a lot of people think incorporating better tech into grading is an absolute must. And I really liked one post I read this week, so I'm going to read it off word for word. That collector said, quote, What if PSA's business model is actually built on flawed subjectivity? Like it's a feature, not a bug. The first established company that truly uses AI would get all of my business but I understand why most collectors wouldn't want that because the gambling aspect is 90% of the addiction. Now I've alluded to this before too. I think the human element plays uh, very much into the grading company's favor and they know that, um, not saying they're trying to deceive people, but they know that, you know, if there are some errors and people resubmit, that's good for them. Um, and then they can just say, you know what, we're human. Right. I think Joe Orlando, our good friend, ISO Joe, had a whole big old post about that at one point. Um, Now, not moving toward technology might be very intentional. That's what I'm trying to say there. Um, As for HGA, I found a couple of people that have subbed cards already. And one of them talked about how easy the process was. He liked that he could send stuff in in top loaders. He liked that he could choose a shipping service. Um, He liked the option of customizing a label. Um, now the other person I found that submitted something already is a listener of the show. And he owned the only HGA card that I've ever seen auctioned off so far. And I've been checking every day since I first saw this one. And that was an HGA nine, uh, Zion Prism blue disco that sold for $2,025 this past weekend. Um, just for reference a PSA nine of that same card sold for $2,000 on January 9th. So If you're just taking those two sales, they're very similar, but you know, the sample size is too small to really read anything into that. It's just information to keep in mind for later down the road. So I reached out to the person that subbed this Zion to get his take on everything. And he wanted to be clear that he knows Tyler, the owner of the company. Um, However, he seemed very excited about the process. Uh, We were talking a little bit about the AI technology and he mentioned that he was told, the back of his zion had 6931 centering and he also said that um zion which was previously a it was previously a psa 9 and he said that he felt the ai subgrades for the hga grade were pretty spot on so um you know i've always felt that if anything technology should be able to determine centering already and i didn't personally measure this zion card but it seems as if this ai could be on the right track okay Before I move into the cons, I want to point out that a lot of people were receptive to the concepts that they saw outlined with HGA, but they had major hesitations about the company's ability to execute. And I think that's understandable. This company came out of nowhere and they really haven't shown us anything yet. So here are some of the cons. Um, Like I said, I read hundreds and hundreds of posts that people were making about this company, there was one response that I felt condensed a handful of common concerns. So I'm going to use that as a basis for this section. I'm also going to insert counter arguments that I found from the owner, wherever I see fit. Um, okay. So number one, the first con was that we haven't seen anything. There are lots of claims. There's no video evidence or behind the scenes into their company. This guy said, talk is cheap. And, uh, this complaint came up a lot. And so it was addressed on social media. Um, The owner said, we will be working on videos soon to do a full walkthrough how everything is done. We have to be careful about releasing too much information though. So we're working on ways to show the processes and explain the techniques used within the program without detailing the exact formats. We don't want to give other developers help on how we developed all of this. Okay, Um, con number two. They said that there's no history here that grading is an art. Not everyone's good at it. And um, according to Post, the founder Tyler is an entrepreneur with one year in the hobby. and and I don't you know, I don't know how many years he actually has in the hobby. That's what this person is saying. Um, and they ask, what has he done before this other than start other businesses? And I'm going to add on here. I've seen other people ask if any former graders from other companies are going to be a part of this. Because as you might recall, that was one of the big selling points for CSG. In fact, you've seen those two guys standing, you know, back to back with their arms folded on practically every CSG advertisement so far. Um, So Tyler responded and he said, I have 18 employees. I went and recruited people who have years and years of background in cards. We're working on a meet the staff page. That way you can get to know us. He followed that up by saying, I, get, I got real crazy heavy around a year ago and joined all these break groups instead of just hitting up my LCS. Quarantine caused me to shut businesses down for weeks at a time, so I decided to start enjoying the online community more. I got involved heavily in grading and cracking and resubbing with buddies and found what I thought was a needed improvement in the industry. I had money and time and decided to try to figure the whole AI portion out. We have spent the last eight months building and developing our AI system and framework. Okay. Um, Complaint number three is that there is no mention of security. This person asked, what are they doing to protect the integrity of their brand? Uh, Number four is the back of the case. Um, He's saying, has anyone seen the back? Now, keep in mind, some of these posts were from a while ago. We have seen the back of the Zion. Um, And then number five, he said, no pop report no registry, which, um, that's a a very big deal. In fact, think about SGC took a long time to get theirs up and going. and, And I think that, um, could have hurt them as well. Okay. Um, similarly, someone else posted, if you're going to come in and want me to submit my cards to you, I'd like to know who you are and what qualifies you to do this work. What's your experience? How did you get started? How does your equipment work? Maybe a video of the process. Uh, and then finally, the last major concern that people had revolved around the price. And as I mentioned earlier, the lowest price for a card right now, um, until that $20 service rolls around, is the $35 service. That's not going to work for people that are trying to sub base cards. And from what I've read, HGA stance is that their turnaround times and AI integration justify the cost. Well, that only works if the slabs you get back quick have a closer similar value. If you think about this summer, people seemed okay with accepting a little bit less for their SGC slabs, provided they got them back quick, but they were paying 10 or $20 on those. And then, you know, we all know that fell apart quickly because SGC got too big for their britches. But um, here they're paying $35 with HGA, and one poster addressed this by saying, you can't break through an established market by not undercutting the competition to begin with. Okay. Um, So what do I make out of all this? Um, I'll say, you know, first and foremost, I think they really undersold the most important aspect of their service, which is the technology, especially if they're going to go full speed ahead with this $35 thing. Um, Instead, the website approaches the issue by saying they're the best at customer service and they're revolutionizing the industry and so on and so on. Uh, You know, I feel like it's kind of silly to brag so much about customer service when you barely have any customers at the moment. That's not their fault. They just, they haven't, they just started, you know, um, that's something that will reveal itself over time. If they do have the best customer service, um, it's kind of like when Donald Trump told a group of reporters that he was the least racist person in a room, it's kind of a weird claim to make, and it's not really the role of the person that's making it to decide if it's true or not. Now, can they aspire to be that? Sure. Can they work toward it? Sure. But you can't just speak it into existence. Um, Now, as a side note, when it comes to customer service in the grading industry, the bar is very low. So if they make that a priority, they very well could be number one. And then they said that they're currently revolutionizing the business. Well, that could go several ways. SGC probably revolutionized the business by providing a model of a company that made a lot of big claims and shot themselves in the foot by not being able to keep up with demand. That experience is invaluable, but it's going to be another grading company or a group of grading companies that gets the payoff. And maybe it's HGA. Um, There comes a point where it's like I tell my students in the classroom, don't just tell me something with your writing, show me. Give me details that paint an unmistakable picture. And there are some areas where right now, HGA is not doing that. Um, I know people can say, well, it's early and give them time. I wouldn't have let one single slab leave that building. Before I could explain to people what my credentials are and then show people the most compelling parts of my business. Earlier, I read a quote where the owner said, We're working on ways to show the process and explain the techniques used within the program without detailing the exact formats. Well, you know, I'm not going to let this um, tank my opinion of the entire company, but it's really a shame that this wasn't done earlier in the eight month process. So, look, here's the deal I want this company to succeed. You guys have listened to this show. You know I've done entire episodes that talked about reforming the grading process. When I hear guaranteed turnaround times, integration of technology, customizable labels, competent customer service, all of those things resonate with me. And the entrance of another grading company might just give the whole industry the shot in the arm it needs to build a more sustainable future. But it's all going to come down to the technology. And until they can explain it and show it off, people are going to have major reservations going forward. Now, the good news is it is early for them. Have they missed out on some opportunities to hit a home run in their first at bat? Probably. But it's still early enough that they can get this thing figured out and distribute the information that needs to be out there. And if nothing else, maybe this episode can help move them in the right direction. All right. There you have it. Like I said before, I think the idea of a new grading company is exciting. Um, I hope I was able to present them objectively and fairly in this episode. I wasn't out to either you know, hype them or hurt them. And um, maybe you have some thoughts about HGA. Maybe there was something I said that resonated with you. Feel free to reach out to me on social media. You can find me on Instagram under the handle at Wax Museum Podcast. I'm also on Twitter under at Wax Museum PC. If you enjoyed today's episode, I encourage you to support the show by doing all of your eBay purchasing through the link on my site. This works very similar to the Fanatics link that you can go to at www.tinyurl.com WMPod. There's a big eBay logo at the top. Click that. It should give me a small percentage of whatever you purchase in the 24 hours that follow that click. It's a simple way to support the show. Doesn't cost you anything.